listening to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington podcast. Take a moment to center yourself in this space and enjoy this week's sermon. Today's reading is titled Ithaca by Constantine Kavafi, translated by Edmund Keeley. As you set out for Ithaca, hope your road is a long one, full of adventure, full of discovery. Lestragonians, Cyclops, angry, Poseidon, don't be afraid of them. You'll never find things like that on your way as long as you keep your thoughts raised high, as long as a rare excitement stirs your spirit and your body. Lestragonians, Cyclops, Wild Poseidon, you won't encounter them unless you bring them along inside your soul, unless your soul sets them up in front of you. Hope your road is a long one. May there be many summer mornings when, with what pleasure, what joy, you enter, what joy you enter harbors your seeing for the first time. May you stop at Phoenician trading station to, excuse me, Phoenician trading stations to buy fine things. Mother of pearl and coral, amber and ebony, sensual perfume of every kind, as many sensual perfumes as you can. And may you visit many Egyptian cities to learn and go on learning from their scholars. Keep Ithaca always in your mind. Arriving there is what you're destined for, but don't hurry the journey at all. Better if it lasts for years, so you're old by the time you reach the island, wealthy with all you've gained along the way not expecting Ithaca to make you rich. Ithaca gave you the marvelous journey. Without her, you wouldn't have set out. She has nothing left to give you now. And if you find her poor, Ithaca won't have fooled you. Wise as you will have become, so full of experience, you'll have understood by then what these Ithacas mean. Again, that was Ithaca by Constantine Kavafi, translated by Edmund Keeley. I hope that many of you have been able to meet Bill Lyon. Bill is a longtime member of Heritage UU in Cincinnati, Ohio, where he continues to live with his wife, Barb. After a career in wealth management, he's pursuing ordained ministry. Bill is a seminary student at Meadville Lombard Theological School, which many of you know is our minister, Brian's alma mater. The curriculum there focuses on experiential learning. Bill just completed his chaplaincy unit this past summer. Now he is joining us as a ministerial intern for the next two years. We welcome Bill to UUCL and look forward to getting to know him better. Hi again. 
Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? Big questions, great questions. Three of them from a pretty cool song. And I wanna thank the singers and Sally for helping us bring that alive and for, for all of you to, to help me start that out. See, my first time here was just three weeks ago. And I sat, um, I sat right about over there, right? And, um, and like today, Sally led that same song. Um, and I thought, you know, gee, that's interesting because I'm asking some big questions right now. And that wasn't the one I was asking. No, I was asking, what have I gotten myself into? Just to be transparent about that. <laughs> I didn't ask myself that question in a bad way. It was kind of like what any of us might experience right before departure on a vacation or a journey. What will the place I'm going to be like? Will this job offer, will it offer all it promises? Did I bring the right clothes? Will there be a swimming pool? You know, big questions. <laughs> and will they like me when I get there? Normal things. No terror involved, mostly. Not like, say, the experience with the beast. What? Do any of you know the beast of which I speak? The roller coaster at Kings Island. Excellent. The amusement park just north of Cincinnati. And it's not just any coaster, no. It's the world's longest wooden roller coaster. It's legendary. And at age 46 at the time, I had officially been terrified of the aptly named The Beast for 30 years, since it was built when I was 17. So I'm standing in line with one of my 10-year-olds, the one who has no fear. <laughs> I'm not in line to ride the roller coaster, mind you. I'm there to accompany him through the line so I can find some responsible looking teenager who doesn't have a seat partner to pawn him off on. You know how normally lines go way too slow? That was not my problem that day. <laughs> No, before I know it, we are being ushered into our seats, snapped into place, and, um, and it just happened really, really fast. I was planning to spend my time on terra firma, terra firma watching him, um, but that destiny sometimes intervenes. And sometimes you just got to say, okay, I'm on the journey, let's see what happens. I won't bore you with the details. Um, but know this, a 30-year-old wooden roller coaster is not kind to a middle-aged person's back. And know that for a 10-year-old who is finally tall enough to ride this ride, it was a blast. And know that for each of us, the most important part of that journey was our fellow traveler. I'm only beginning to learn the history of this faith community. Um, you got a lot to teach me and about the history and so many other things. 
Um, I know that with, if congregation's been around for 70 plus years, it's a very rich history. There's been a lot of change. And I'm guessing 70 years of joys and sorrows. Has anybody ever become married in this sanctuary? Yeah? How long ago, Christopher? Seven years. Congratulations. Marilyn? 27 years. All right. How about on the far? 10 years next week. 10 years next week. All right. That's, that, 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 that deserves at least, well, that deserves this, I think. How about uh, have, had, a, had, a, had a baby dedicated here? Anybody had a baby dedicated in this space? Yeah? Yeah. A lot of joys that happen in a space like this. I also know that, you know, most likely not everything's gone smoothly. There might have been some pain. Maybe you've had a situation where you had friends who decided to, who just had kind of drifted away or deboarded maybe abruptly. And those, those are always painful, but they're part of the journey. And I'm sure that you've, like, I'm sure you've grieved when members have passed away. We may gather here to celebrate life, but we're still mourning a loss of someone who was part of our journey for so long. How do I know this? I've only been here three weeks. How can I possibly know this? Of course, I don't know the details, but I too have a faith community that I've been part of for 30 years. And like most of you, my journey began before I walked in the doors. It continues now as I step on board with you and it will continue. My journey will continue when two years from now, we say goodbye. More on that later. Reverend Brian suggested, hey, this is a perfect time to tell the congregation a bit about yourself. So here's a bit. I grew up in a small town east of Cincinnati and north of Maysville and Augusta, if you know where they are. My spiritual formation came from three sources. My mostly non-churched, mostly open-minded parents. You caught the mostlies in there. The local Methodist church where I attended by myself and the scouting movement. I was a well-behaved, spiritually curious, dutiful young Methodist and an Eagle Scout to boot, hence the arrow. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I know not everybody has fond memories of some of those characters, but I felt loved in those places. And I've come to realize that I'm very blessed and privileged in those respects and many, many others. And that's a lot of my journey right now. What are the things that I take for granted? Who didn't get a seat at the table because mine was always assured? Who found doors closed to them that were swung wide open for me? What responsibility comes with that privilege? What do I do about it? I wonder if any of you experience some of those thoughts. I'm guessing many of us do. But those spiritual questions and religious doubt came along long before now. Some would say they came right on time in my late teens. 
And then through five years at Ohio State, where I changed my major almost every week and changed my faith community, you know, church shopping and major shopping. That's how you spend, you know, your parents' money for five years. And then just before my final year at Ohio State, my father died unexpectedly. And it had profound effects on both my career and on my faith development. See, within two weeks, I decided I would adapt my course of study at Ohio State and come back and take over a family business. Mind you, this is a business I had no intention of entering. But sometimes it's the emotional storm that jars us from drifting along, makes us pay attention in ways we can't when the water is too smooth and what matters most comes into focus. There was also a time when my emerging adult brain was called to make meaning of my father's life and of his death. I don't know about you, but the platitudes from some of my well-meaning Catholic friends that don't worry, he's in a better place, that didn't really buoy my spirits very much. What did, though, was introspection. From all the fret and fever of those days after my father's death, I found moments to turn away to listen to the voice within. It turned out that all those questioning I did at Sunday school teachings and my debates with my atheist roommate and noticing that my father preferred nature on Sunday to a poorly scripted sermon, uh, those were the raw material for me navigating this hurricane I found myself in. I spent time skipping stones at the creek where my father and I had seen for minnows and crawdads. I cursed God. I cried. I write, wrote poetry. You see, I'm constantly forgetting the wisdom that I had in that moment, that progress is often not about going somewhere but about going within. Perhaps that's true for you sometimes. I came to believe then and believe now that regardless of whether there is a heaven of sorts where our spirits go forever, there is an afterlife. I experienced it in the creek, in the trees, in the circle of life that my father taught me about. He was the original Lion King before there was a movie. I experience it in the ways those with whom I've traveled have had a lasting impact on me. My parents, my scoutmaster, my coaches, my teachers, really anyone I've traveled with for any part of the journey. They're, they've become a part of me and I've become a part of them. Anyway, uh, this decision to take over the helm of my father's business for a short time became a journey of 37 years. Who remembers this theme song? What is it? The theme from Gilligan's Island. Well done. Three hour two tour. A three-hour tour. I know who wasted their growing up years watching TV. <laughs> Gilligan's Island was a so-so was a sitcom. Trust me on that, if you're too young to know. Um, 
Likewise, I expected to shore up my business in a couple of years, make sure my mom would be okay and sell it, and then I'd get on with my life. So much for plans. <laughs> a funny thing happens when you throw yourself into a new endeavor. When you really get to know the people you work with, the people you serve, you can grow to love them. You can begin to see that work as a ministry. And that's what happened to me. Next week, it'll have been 37 years of caring for a flock of clients, engaging in conversations with them about what matters most. Spoiler alert, it's never money. All under the guise of being their financial advisor. Now, do you mind if we take a short, short, short excursion? It's okay? All right. About three years in that emerging career, I noticed that for all the wonderful things that a small town offers, there were significant limits in my opportunities for social, cultural, and spiritual connections. I see some of you have been to small towns before. <laughs> yeah, I needed a new crew. And I found it in the eastern suburbs of Cincinnati aboard the UU ship called Heritage. Heritage UU had its roots in universalism, and it still shows through today. The other churches in town are great too. Mind you, I just know that I felt instantly welcomed and affirmed, both in my doubts and my dreams when I visited Heritage. I remember a conversation with Bridget just a couple weeks ago, who said that she and Remy felt the same thing when they walked in here. What I didn't expect was how much I would come to love my fellow congregants. Speaking of love, who recognizes this song? All right. We found somebody, somebody recognized that as the theme from The Love Boat. Another sitcom. <laughs> Who remember, let's see, let's really see who went deep. Who remembers the name of the cruise director on the love boat? Julie McCoy. All right. Well, the Julie McCoy of the cruise director of my home church was Connie. And Connie was hell bent on playing matchmaker for the only single guy under the age of 30 to have shown up at Heritage in the last decade. <laughs> And she succeeded. Barb and I married in that church. You'll get a chance to meet her someday, but she's off at a women's retreat at her church up there. We dedicated our twin sons in front of the altar there. And in a flash, they were going through the OWL program and coming of age. They're 23 now. We've shared our greatest joys and expressed our deepest sorrows there. Yes, I found myself in alignment with the theology of my church 30 years ago, but I stayed and I stayed involved because of my fellow travelers. Something tells me many of you could say the same thing of this place here. And then about three years ago, another perfect storm started brewing. My kids moved out. My mother's health started to decline. A nasty little virus showed up on the other side of the planet, started making its way over here. Then my mom, my mom moved in with us. 
Then my kids moved back in with us. Face-to-face <laughs> 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 -face meetings and church activities all, all morphed into computer screens with 25 little chicklets. Hello, Zoomers, I see you. Remember how I suggested that emotional storms can jar us from drifting along and that I keep forgetting the importance of going inward and paying attention to what matters most. Part of that was noticing that I was being called to learn and grow and serve in new ways. So in the year after my mother's death, I committed to earning a Master's of Divinity from Meadville Lombard. They got to tell you, it is a trip maybe a trip and a half, to shift gears, to shift mindsets, to have to read the Bible, to pray, to pray out loud, to preach, even more, to ask the many who I've traveled with, a life partner, kids, a home congregation, my colleagues and my clients, to support me in this middle-aged adventure. Okay, middle-aged plus adventure. Destination unknown. And you, individuals on your own journeys, families traveling on glorious road trips, a faith community with both a rich history and a bright future, you've invited me. You invited me aboard for a short while. Another spoiler alert. There will come a time, there always does, when travelers part. And when the time comes to let go, as Mary Oliver says, we will let go. But like our kids, we will have such rich memories and maybe a few souvenirs along the way. I promise to cry. I do that, even at Hallmark commercials. But for now, let me say thank you for allowing me to join you for the journey. Individually and together. May we wait for it. May we go where we have never gone before. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.ucl.org, where you can find more information about our grounds, staff, and upcoming events. You can also subscribe to our e-news there and learn about our virtual service offerings. We'll see you next week.